0: love talk radio
1: good evening ladies and gentlemen
0: (laughs) we're tonight's entertainment take me to the volcano it's really called this you have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it oh come on quickly no seriously maybe bed and beyond i don't know i don't know if we'll have enough time but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs>
2: Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, Nice, episode number 135. 135 episodes. We are coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's Friday night. It is 9.30 p.m. It is time for uh, Ready to Unload, Nice, the Ready to Unload radio program. Here we are. We're here. I'm Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts, about to bring in my co-host. The man they call Cal, he has not been replaced yet. He is still here. It's Friday night. Things are going to get loose. Uh, We were planning on making this a sort of WFAN call-in, old-school throwback show. Um, And we finally get to talk about the New York Islanders. Three years we've been doing this frigging thing. Three years. All right? And my mom just left, so I speak like my mom often now. All right? Three years we've been doing this podcast. We've, been do- we've only been able to do Islander shows based on them leaving or an arena referendum that was DOA. Tonight we get to talk hockey. We get to talk about what goes on on the ice. We get to talk about an epic sports rivalry renewed tomorrow night. The old barn on Hempstead Turnpike in Nassau County, New York Islanders against the New York Rangers. Oh, it's going to be hot action. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, if you're listening while we're streaming, we want you to call in tonight. Talk New York Sports nice. Talk about uh, whatever tangent that we go off on uh, that you may want to uh, get in on. The number to call, 424-220-1817. Obviously, if you're listening to this on a podcast uh, this coming Tuesday, eh, don't call so much. That would be silly then. We can't, we can't go back in time. So anyway, uh, it's going to be a great show. Let me do this. Let me do that. i ready
0: to unload with Cal and Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details.
2: And we do that for a couple of reasons. So let's just do a little housekeeping and then we'll bring in the Cal type guy,
0: who is drinking,
2: by the way. Drinking. He was streaking. Um <laughs> uh, we are doing another live from I, I don't like live. I Just let's come in here, Cal. Can we play the music? Play the Cal music, please? Can we play the Cal music? Here he is. Back. Direct from an engagement in Reno. Where he was playing at the Ha Ha No No I Said Ha Ha comedy club. There's a bunch of ellipses in there, too. It's like, ha ha. No, no, I said, "Haha, comedy club and cabaret." By the way, uh, it was a great engagement. He really did a heck of a job there. Uh, let's bring him in, Mister Calniva, Calpino, Caliente. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hey, buddy, what's up? <sighs> Friday night.
3: Friday Lashley. night. Friday night, and this is what we're doing.
2: Friday night's all right for fighting. Right. Is that? Wait, is it? Oh no, wait. Saturday night's all right for Friday. What's, what's uh, for Friday? What's Friday night
3: for? Five for fighting. Right,
2: you just have hockey on the brain. Like you just, you're so ready to talk about hockey.
3: I was actually thinking of the adult contemporary band Five for Fighting.
2: Oof! Please never think of them again. Okay, please. You know what the the sad part is about that band name? It's a great band name. Yeah, it's wasted on that band. Wasted <laughs> on a not so great band. I remember the first time I heard the song, and they were like, "That was Five for Fighting." I'm like, "Ah, come on." You I stole
3: it. I feel like that could be an auxiliary podcast great band names wasted on awful bands
2: we are putting together some auxiliary podcast lineup
3: boy we got to we got to staff that baby
2: that's sweep sweet baby
3: put it on monster.com and see if anybody bites yeah or maybe
2: uh what's that uh that startup one kickstarter dot well, kickstarter.com we'll get a kickstarter going for it um so anyway uh Saturday night's all right for fighting, is that correct? Yes, well, That's, yes, according to that tough guy, Elton John,
3: why don't we bring in our music expert?
2: I'm not going to bring him in yet. I will not what i because i want we have to talk about the twenty fifth we have to talk about the twenty fifth live at right blue Haven, okay, not live no. from blue Haven, no live at Blue Haven well, because everybody does the live from no, but we're gonna we are going to be at Blue Haven right. in New York City. That's what I'm saying. Like I have a problem with the live from Blue Haven. We don't have Don Pardo that night either, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he doesn't
3: work on Thursday nights.
2: Right. I'm trying to get Jay Mafale, our our sound engineer, who's going to be gracious enough to do sound for us again, uh, to learn to do a Don Pardo impression, so he can do the with Brian
3: Calvi. He's got two weeks to learn that. He's got two weeks.
2: He does the thing for free, so I I feel a little awkward exerting pressure on him to learn an impression.
3: I feel like it doesn't matter what he's getting paid. If he's going to commit to the job... That's right. Don Pardo is in the job description. So
2: anyway, live at Blue Haven, Thursday, April 25th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, It's going to be bigger than the microchip. Uh, We got uh, t-shirts. We have t-shirts, Cal. Did you see the picture? Yeah, you sent it
3: earlier. They look great.
2: The T-shirts came in. Three years
3: in the making. This is, this is better late than never. <laughs> this
2: is like a, a Dino De Laurentiis movie. Like, this, the, these T-shirts took three years to make. Um, <laughs> we had funding drops. We had all sorts of problems. Um, you know, the, the T-shirts got caught up in the studio system. It was very difficult to get the T-shirts made. Uh, and, and they're nice. They're awesome. It's not like there's any sort of crazy design that it would take us three years, but they're here and they're awesome. So we're gonna be able to give those away. PJ might be there, Cal, which would mark the first time we've ever done the show physically with uh, the Bishop physically there. I, it's gonna be it's
3: gonna be weird, wild stuff. I'll I'll believe it when I see it.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, the only time we see that guy is at the, the RTU Christmas party.
3: And really for just a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes. They're, they're dragging him out. That's it. Very quickly into it.
2: He comes in. He has a scotch of a very expensive vintage. He's extremely inappropriate. Extremely inappropriate. <laughs> and then he leaves. That's it. The Christmas party. That's all we get. The reason
3: oh. the reason why it took so long to get those t shirts is we've been spending money every year settling with these with these people that he just he just can't seem to help himself.
2: That the holiday party costs us quite a bit of money. And Off, most of it in legal fees.
3: Off color impressions. <coughs> <coughs> he brings his own lampshade to the party. Yeah.
2: And again, we've said it a number of times on this show, blackface never funny. Not a good idea. Never a good idea anymore. Anyway, we won't be doing blackface on Thursday, August or uh, April twenty
3: fifth. We will
2: uh, have Steve Bateman from thejetset.com jetset.com uh, to talk about the Jets draft pick. We will have Joe Caparoso calling in uh, after the Jets make their pick. Also, Cal, we may have the Islanders' second to last game of the season, uh, vying for a playoff spot. We may have a Nick playoff game. We'll have the uh, the Mets, the Yankees. I'm I'm be, I'm beside myself. This may turn into a sports bacchanalia everywhere, and we'll be doing a show, hanging out with our
3: friends, drinking beers, having great food. Uh, it's going to be very cool. It really is going to be a lot of fun, and and it's it's kind of like the culmination of what we envisioned four years ago of just hanging out and talking sport with our friends, and and we'll be doing it at a great place with great food and great drinks, and just it's a it's. If you're in the area, in New York City, on the corner of Houston and Thompson Street, please come down because it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And Megan and Dermot and, and Rory will probably all be there, all the owners of Blue Haven. They're great people, and there'll be drink specials, and I'm sure there'll be a Tower of Coors Light for me to consume. Uh, so 7.30 p.m., check it out. Come on down to Blue Haven. Okay, uh, Saturday night, all right for fighting, but it's Friday night. But the irony, though. Can we speak of the I uh, well all right, let's PJ, come on in here for a second. Where is he? Where is it where is the guy? Oh, uh, look what he did. Wow. What you don't know is this is his own music. This is a deep cut, though. This is old-school PJ.
0: This is is as old as it gets, buddy.
2: This is a deep cut, kid. Yeah, that was Blue Tribe from 1991, the Moe's Meat Sandwich album. (laughs) And uh, Blue Tribe uh, kicked around a little bit, uh, bit in Binghamton, New York for a while, Cal. Real good band. Good bunch of guys. Good bunch of guys. They're currently residing in the "Where Are They Now?" file. Check them out on tour this summer with Five for Fighting.
0: <laughs>
2: be, they'll be out with the Spin Doctors, Five for Fighting, Counting Crows minus Adam Duritz, and and uh, and uh, oh come on, come on, Steve, you're better than that. And Third Eye Blind. And set, there it is.
0: And Toad the and, Wet
2: Sprocket. And Toad the Wet Sprocket. There it is. Toad the Wet Sprocket. Who?
0: <laughs>
2: ah, <laughs> uh, yes.
0: Now toed we have We bucket. did have an opening gig for them. That's why I mentioned that.
2: I know. I remember that they were going to open for Toad the Wet
3: Sprocket. Is that true? Yes. What we happened?
0: had there were there were so many things that almost materialized for us. It was kind of crazy.
2: Everybody out there, uh, and again, the number to call to talk about Blue Tribe, a uh, a band band from
0: Let me just say about the Christmas party, my Pearl Bailey impression was (laughs) underappreciated. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Oh, I tell you,
0: Lord, darling, it was amazing. (laughs) Now you did it. Now how come it's not offensive when you do it?
2: Because I'm not uh, in drag and blackface. That's the problem.
0: And the other thing, the, the director that you want to reference when things take forever is Michael Cimino.
2: There it is. Cimino. I couldn't. Ra- yes, Heaven's Michael
0: Cimino. <laughs> What's it?
2: Heaven's Gate.
0: Heaven's Gate.
2: Heaven's Gate. That movie took twenty six years to make. He's the guy who like single handedly killed the uh, that like auteur movement, right, of the seventies.
0: Yeah, because yes, because all of the money that the studio had went into the one movie. That movie started with uh Chris Christopherson crossing the street. <laughs> this, this is true. And Jimeno did it 52 times. I mean, they went they went long and over budget on the first shot. Of right. the movie of a guy crossing the street.
2: That's where they went that's where they they blew the budget right there. Yeah. Cuz he kept seeing
0: things in the crowd that were bothering him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you, you
2: you know what? I was searching for a page, and that's the perfect one. Because I read that. What's that book? Um, was it Gods and Monsters? Maybe. Um, that you know that uh, or Dirty Pictures? Maybe Down in Dirty Pictures. Uh, that great book about the uh, the independent film. I think it's Gods and Monsters by Peter Biskind.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. but Biskin's a big uh, cinema writer. Sure,
2: he's got he's got one called Down and Dirty Pictures, which I love. I'm looking at it right now, actually. And uh, and uh, Keith had bought me that book for my birthday years ago. And uh, that's about the indie film movement, Cal, like with the Weinsteins and Sundance and sure the birth of that. But Down and Dirty Pictures is more about the '70s guys like Coppola and moving into that thing. And there's like an entire chapter on how uh, he ruined it. <laughs>
0: Killed it for
2: everybody Right with Heaven's Gate Like he He absolutely re- I mean you had Spielberg And Coppola And Lucas And all these guys Like starting to operate outside And uh What's the uh What's that movie Peach Oh come on Civil Shepherd. Uh Bogdanovich Yes Bogdanovich Peter Bogdanovich Long
0: Hot Summer The last picture show
2: Long Hot Summer
0: That's right Long Hot Summer <laughs> <laughs> with the wind? Put your VHS tapes away Cal
2: From here to eternity the last it's similar. A Star is Born
0: Wet T-Shirt Camp Starring Phoebe Cates. Hot, t- <laughs> hot Is that tub- what you guys meant?
2: Hot Tubbing 2 <laughs> How about Tonight? I'm going to throw this one at you you ready? If you guys get this movie I will lose my mind If you get who's in this movie Corvette Summer
0: That's the movie that screwed up Mark Hamill's face
2: uh, there it is. Who else? Who's the female lead?
0: Oh, ooh, stumped. Bishop is stumped.
2: I'll give you a. Uh, I'll give you a hint.
0: Talia Shire.
2: No, <laughs> good guess. Good guess. <laughs>
0: it's got to be a bad guess.
2: <laughs> Janine, sorry about the bug eyes thing. I'll be in my office. Annie Potts. Yeah. Wow. Annie Potts. Goodness. Now, now here's my question. Does qu- she
0: still talk like my mother-in-law? Yes,
2: she does. <laughs> I told you my mother was here for two weeks, and everything I'm talking about all right. the island is in ranges of playing all right the The real quick story about Corvette Summer. you guys will love this. We didn't have cable like h b o or any of the fancy channels growing up and uh I was staying over my cousin Nick's house, and they were uh wealthy. They lived on the south side of Comac, Cal. Oh yeah. They were we were on the north side. We were we were we were on the wrong side of the tracks for Comac.
3: That's what I've been told.
2: And uh they had HBO oh, okay. and we were staying over there and they, they had what I like to call loose parental <laughs> a loose parental situation there. Um they had four boys, my cousin Nick was the youngest of, of four, whatever, my aunt and uncle were not around much. Um so anyway, I somehow wind up watching Corvette Summer at about, like, one thirty in the morning, staying over there, I, I maybe was 10. Maybe 11. Mm. Inappropriate film for me to be watching. <laughs> and All I remember is Annie Potts with her top-off, like, hanging out of a Corvette. And that was, uh, Yeah,
0: that was required of a late 70s.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that movie's... What year is that movie, Cal? Corvette Summer? Corvette Summer. I want to say it's, like, 80... It's, like, in between... Empire strikes back in jedi
3: eighty two mm.
2: that is the movie that he got eight no nineteen seventy
0: eight yeah, I was going to say much much earlier wow,
2: so i was I was like seven
0: because eight, they rewrote eight. Empire when he showed up and said, "I'm sorry, I don't have the left side of my face anymore
2: right, because he got in the car accident that destroyed his face, right?
0: right?
2: How about this for a pitch you ready Car Ken loves to design and build exotic cars. When the high school shop class project car, a fully tricked-out dream Corvette is stolen, he begins searching for it. His search leads him to Las Vegas. Of course. course. Where Vanessa, Vanessa, a teenage prostitute wannabe, helps him track it down.
0: Does this sound appropriate for an 8-year-old? You didn't know what a prostitute was. It was fine.
2: No, I just saw boobs. That's right. And I liked them. Let's be honest. Okay, so before we get to the sports... And again, oh, the number- by the way, oh, l- yeah.
0: last week's show had my son asking me what a French prostitute was.
2: <laughs> well, it's about time. <laughs>
0: by how, the Because he likes to listen show- to it when I listen to it.
2: How, you, how long are you going to shelter that kid? It's over. Good. It's over. We you watched couple- Last
0: Tango in Paris together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's when you. That's when. You- <laughs> that's when you flipped on Last Tango in Paris and said, "Here you go." That's right. I can't ex- begin to explain to you what Marlon Brando's doing to that girl. Right. <laughs> Be- because I'm, I'm 42 years old and I don't know what he's doing to that girl. But
0: it's, but it's okay. He's using butter. So it's fine. But
2: it's, but it's okay. It's just a movie.
0: It's healthy. It's organic. so you, are you guys, uh,
2: this is a, I guess, a parenting question then. So, like, at some point, are you going
0: <laughs> How does that segue into a parenting question? Because you...
2: Can you explain away, like, if they accidentally see sex or something in a movie, can you explain it away with it's just a movie like you would with violence? Without having I, to explain what sex is?
0: I can explain yes. I've explained so many inappropriate things on the television. My, my big offense is that I'm always watching a horror movie when they walk into the room. <laughs> so that I have to scramble for the remote and to hurry up and put on the food network.
3: Right. Because someone's I get,
0: about to get disemboweled.
3: I get that when they're running promos for uh, procedural dramas during the football game. Oh yeah, we've talked about that. That's and the next, you know, the next thing you know, someone's getting shot in the head.
2: Right, or it's, or I have to look at, you know, David Caruso looking at the uh, entrails of a human being, right, trying to figure out what, uh, what happened here. Mark, yeah, why it's is a Mark great on?
0: promo
3: during the NFL. I love right. that. Oh <laughs> my god. Or or when they do the anti-smoking commercial. Oh, come on. We get it. You know, and the guy's trying to breathe through his neck. And, right. you know, my daughter's just standing there staring, and I'm fumbling for the remote. And there's obvi- that's the time the batteries run out, and I can't change the channel fast enough. Right. Daddy, what's he doing with his neck? That's On oh, an make-
0: all-new SVU, <laughs> he was raped with a live shark. Yes, raped with a live shark.
2: Ripped no, from honestly. the headlines. Like you can't even lie and say it's like completely made up.
0: No. It's because they,
2: they immediately tell you that no, this happened. Right. Seriously. No, this really
0: happens, kids.
3: Now like freak that's, out. That's part of the promo. No, now go now go to bed. <laughs> go to sleep. Sweet dreams.
0: Yeah,
2: good night, honey.
3: Good luck. Forget the last thing you saw today. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's
2: that's magnificent. Um so before we get to the sports. Though, and we the big unload is going to be. I mean, just I can't even begin. Cal and I are both wearing Islander regalia, we're complete tools. It's fine on a Friday Friday night, Friday night (laughs) at 10 o'clock. We're doing a a sports talk podcast. My wife, my wife can't call me a a tool enough right now. Can't. Um, I, 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 Cal, last week you, uh, one of the girls had a, a, a dance competition, I believe the younger one, Emma. Yes, yes, indeed. And Paige, you'll love this. Uh, guess where he Cal or guess who Cal ran into at the dance competition? Who also had a daughter there competing?
3: Would that be uh, your brother?
2: That would be brother Scott. Yes. Well, nie- I,
3: well, his his wife Carrie.
2: Yes. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, my her. my niece is as uh, a competitive dancer. She's uh, sixteen. She's fantastic. And she's she's crazy.
0: She's ridiculous,
2: actually. Yeah. yeah, she's she's really, and this is not you know Uncle you know bragging or whatever. He she's really, really, unbelievably talented. She's been dancing since she was like three years old, or you know, and she was like a little guy like Emma, and you have these dance dads, and oh man, oh Paige, the the texts that were going back and forth between Cal and Scott. Oh
0: boy. All I'm
2: all I'm saying is this: there is a reality show here.
3: Well, it's interesting because the more popular of the is the dance mom, obviously. And there are many reality shows featuring dance moms. And they and they exist in that's true. What you right. see on television is true. That ha, that does happen. Um, but then there's the maybe not so popular spin-off, dance dads. Right. And that's basically the fathers that are enlisted to kind of transport all of the costumes, do the driving, you know, uh, and get lunch. Be backstage when the craziness is going on. Oh, Sometimes. this works on so many levels. Sometimes. And then, and then it's just about how you, try, how you get through all of these dance acts. Because you're there for hours upon hours. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a 14-hour day. And like your brother and I were talking, it, it's funny because you'll look around the audience and the dads will all just kind of glance at each other and you get that knowing just shake of the head <laughs> like dude i feel it we're in yep. the same boat and yeah. and and we shared stories and the and the stories were just so remarkably similar
2: yeah it's there we need to make this show happen this dance dad show can happen
3: and we got yeah. another one we got another one tomorrow it's in fact
2: full day tomorrow
3: in fact what was i doing when you called me 15 minutes before the show,
2: Peach, he was ironing costumes for tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that's how it happened. That's how it starts.
3: Dance that, or oh, this, stars. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's, stars. You're, he's ensconced. <laughs> there's no,
2: there's, 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 how is there, there's a TV show here. You know what, you know it I
0: think it's very expensive once the costumes start piling up, by the way, because I think they don't really reuse a lot of them.
2: Let me. Of course, no. It's tons of money spent. But let me ask you this, Brian. Okay. Okay. Tomorrow you're going to have a a a ten hour day. You know, whatever it is with this dance competition and stuff like this, you're going to go crazy pants. It's going to be a huge day. You know, the battery life on your cell phone cannot be enough on the iPhone. (laughs) You're just looking at sports, anything to divert your attention away from crazy. Dance moms and kids and 37 dances, some of them wildly
3: inappropriate for children their age. Extremely inappropriate. They don't know the lyrics to the songs that they're dancing to. That's right. The lyrics and then why is there a poll on There's some
2: bad things happening. Okay. I am going to outright protest
3: if you don't get one day where you can watch seven hours of football. Well, here's the thing. Tomorrow night is the biggest hockey game that that we've had around these parts in years. Literally in years. Years. It's six years for the Islanders. S- yeah. Six years for the Islanders. Um, but with the two teams in it, they haven't played a game that meant this much to both teams this late in the season in, in quite some time. Yeah. So there is an understanding that I'll do my time during the day tomorrow. <laughs> but when six thirty rolls around and not, not seven when the puck drops, six thirty when the pregame show starts. And they start hyping up the game with you with you know alt rock music packages of hits and crazy goals. Six thirty <laughs> Dance Dad is done. It's over. It's over. And yeah. and I, I you put your foot down on that one.
0: Packages, by the way. Expect, what? A lot, <laughs> expect a lot of Nickelback.
3: So how about who, how you about, use Hoobastank very often? or?
0: Of course. Chumbawumba? Can we get
2: a tub, tub stuffing in there?
0: They're a little old. A little, I'm, old. I, oh,
2: little old. I'm sorry. I forgot I, how current Nickelback is.
3: I can used. guarantee you use Collective Soul.
2: <laughs> I Should love I? that
3: band. I do love that band.
2: What is he using shine there?
3: Oh, there's plenty of pump-up anthem type songs by Collective Soul.
2: Right. Uh I love that you're turning in the Dance Dad uh glitter at that time.
3: Right. Yeah, that's it. I take my I take my Dance Dad jersey off. Right. You know? <laughs> your,
0: dance, your dance belt.
3: Exactly. How old do the girls get there? What's, what's the upper range? Um 17, yeah, no, Sam
2: was there last week at, at 16. Six, 16 to 18
3: is, is the top. is the bracket. Right, and nothing, I repeat, there is nothing more uncomfortable <laughs> than sitting in the audience and watching an 18-year-old girl <laughs> dance to some Madonna song <laughs> on stage. Now, here's the thing. Well, what I was going to tell you is, dance dads are typically kind of invisible to everybody. Sure. Like they walk through you, they're pushing you out of the way. It's like you're not even there. If you're doing your job right. If you're doing your job right. right. Except when that dance starts, all eyes are looking at the dads to see what they're doing.
0: That's right. And uh, you, I was going to say you could you can play spot the lech.
3: Oh. You can absolutely play that game. And we've, we've played that. we play that a lot. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Look at this guy. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a daughter in this one. Look at him. Why is he <laughs> writing at the program? This guy came in alone.
0: What's he doing here?
3: Why is he making notes? He's got a bagged lunch. <laughs> that means he's been here for a while. Is this that, is that a, a flask? Is that a flask? But this is an actual example of last week. What, The guy had a bag lunch. He had he had three newspapers, a bag lunch, a Walkman. Well, that's not a that's not a bad job. He's trying to not pay attention to anything. Uh and he would hold the cam. He would hold the phone up. Oh no! At inappropriate times. Now it's <laughs> oh crazy. boy. Geez. And then and then and then write in the program. Oh dear! I don't can know we, what he's writing. Can we get security over there, please? And the best part about this is that this went on for, like, a good hour and a half. And we're, we're outraged by this guy. Like, what is this guy doing? Oh All of a sudden, a woman, who I would imagine is his wife, comes and sits down next to him. And right away, the phone goes away. The newspaper oh, goes no. So she must have been backstage with the daughter or something. Right.
2: And his whole operation gets shut down. And that oh, was it. We should, put, it we should put his picture up somewhere. Dance you see, but
0: you're over there with the good dads, so you're keeping an eye on the on the right. lecherous dads.
2: Yeah, we don't but, and we don't we don't want the lecherous dad on dance dads. No. We, no. We, we want the we want the dads who it all this makes un, very uncomfortable. It's so un, I mean we don't want the guy who looks like he's on a stakeout. That's right. <laughs> like he looks like Richard Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez. He was, in, <laughs> was
3: he was he mustachioed? Because if he was mustachioed, he's out. He wasn't no, but he did have big, big rimmed glasses, and uh, and, trench coat, a a baseball cap, and a members only jacket. No, (laughs) and a van. He didn't look like that. But but, no, but what I can tell you is if you ever if you ever need a lesson on how to avert your eyes, go go sit in one of these competitions for a couple hours, and and you learn quickly.
0: Yeah,
2: it's
3: just kind of like you know. kind of look around. Uh, so,
2: how about that? It, that's the point where you will literally be into anything you possibly can on your iPhone. Like, any the, sport. Like, oh, who's, yeah. who's play, the when, Cavs when and the Wizards right now? I am into this Cavs and Wizards game right now. I am huge. Let's go, Wizards. i got to occupy. Yeah, i got a banner, a pennant. I'm sporting a Gilbert Arenas jersey. Let's go, Wizards.
3: Yeah, it's...
2: Oof. Anything you put your hands on. Hey, listen, uh, Michelle, our good friend of the program, Michelle is uh, on hold. And she has to get up very early for work. That's why oh, so she's calling early. What
3: are we waiting for? Let's put her on. Talking about our new show, Dance But, Dad. but it's so boring. I would much rather talk to a caller.
2: I agree. But here she is, direct, uh, calling from Tennessee, by the way, guys. Tennessee. That's uh, in the Union, and it's down south. Um, she is, she's been on the program before. Let's welcome back. To Hi Michelle. Hello. It's my cousin it's Cousin Michelle, Cal.
3: I remember her from Blue Haven. That's correct. She was at the last yeah. well, the one before that. She Blue was Haven at the remote. one you were at. Right. right. She's she's almost been to as many as me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're only one <laughs> up on her. I
3: know.
2: Uh hey, what's up, cuz?
1: Um, I'm loving the idea of dance ads. There should be a website, there should be blogs weekly to follow.
2: What's Alan watching? Like Alan Seepenwall, we get him involved on, on yes. Hotfix.com. Um, how are you, kid? What's going on down there?
1: I am good, and nothing much. Nothing much. Yes, I have to be up really early. I have to get up at 4 a.m. every day for my job. Yeah. And it's not fun. So I wanted to call in and say hello. And since nobody else watches Mad Men with you, I will talk Mad Men with you.
2: Nice. See, that's family, Cal. Family's got your back. Um. It, awesome You're a big Five for fighting fan Though right We should get that Out of the way
1: Uh. Name only Yeah Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah
2: it is <laughs> She's only oh, half, hey hey She's <laughs> only half Italian though Peach She's only half Only the good half Right Like aren't you Like half German Or Polish or something
1: Wait No no Wait We've got German Well Italian On grandma's side We've got German Polish right. And then Irish So I'm, oh, uh, I'm I- fun All around To have at parties <laughs> That's right. on so
2: many <laughs> levels. There's so many things. We can make jokes about you. You will be in the vino. You will be... I will get
1: drunk. Right, I will you. will be hammered. Oh, right. yeah. You will be hammered. And I'm also not even five feet tall, so it's fine. Right. It's fine. It works out.
2: And then you'll also get militant. That's the German part. Right. Well, yeah. Great. Of
1: course. <laughs> That's um, exactly
2: true. Um, so, yeah, Mad Men. I do want to talk about it real quick because these uh, Stuats won't talk about it because they don't watch the show, but you watched the premiere... Uh the the two hour episode, I watched it too. What did you think? Let me get your uh I know you don't do impressions, but what did you think?
1: Um I'm glad that Dawn is back to being a slut.
2: Yes, slutty Dawn. We love <laughs> slutty Dawn. Spoiler alert, by the way, we should throw that out there if anybody has You know what not...
1: everybody knows now. Everybody pretty much knows. It's is not it, like anybody's after... going, Don't tell me it's on my DVR. Everybody knows.
2: I have three I have three questions for you. Okay. Uh from the two hour premiere. Uh, two are based on content. One is based on your uh, overall feel of the show. Number one, did you think that the Betty storyline was awful? Did you? Could you Absolutely. get into it? You did. No,
1: no, I did not like it. However, I love the fact that her kids obviously hate her, and yes. the fact that she dyed her hair black, and then her son goes, "It's hideous." I hate you. It's, what did you say? You're ugly. I hate it. It's
2: You're ugly, I hate it. And he storms out of the room. It's so good. And
1: that's the for anybody involved, that's probably the only two lines that has had the entire five, last five seasons. Nobody
2: knows yes. who this is, really. <laughs> right. You got they they you know, Don Draper and, and Betty have three kids. Uh and the, the, the oldest one who's a great actress, by the way, Michelle too. Uh that kid's she's good. Yeah. Um, the oldest daughter, and then they have the middle son, Bobby, who's like He's uh, what was the kid's name on uh, Sopranos? Aj. Oh hey, Aj. Yeah, he's he's completely Aj. Like there, I think they, I think that's a new actor, Michelle.
1: It's been three actors and nobody's noticed.
2: Nobody's <laughs> and none of them have been good. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I thought Betty's storyline was a little forced. Although I did like them trying to get her involved earlier. Here's my here's my other one. No mention of Lane. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Like and then suddenly Dawn's sort of suicide-y, suicide Dawn, and nobody's like, hey, suicide-y Dawn, did, well, are these the warning signs? Because,
2: <laughs> right. you know, we Lane. That, we just had that guy hang himself in the office.
1: We just had that meeting in HR about what to look for, <laughs> and here you are. But no, nobody brings it up.
2: Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I thought Lane got a little passed over there. Like if you're going to do bringing everybody up to speed and sort of thing, it's only been like six months. Right, Right. you know, like wow, they got over that in a hurry.
1: Not even a picture. No, nothing
2: like not even like a nice portrait or something of Lane. And then my last one is the biggest critique has been boring. It was uh, extraordinarily boring. I fell asleep. I didn't find that at all. Uh, But I never do. I'm sort of like a always happy just to be watching Mad Men kind of guy. But I also enjoy it on like a a number of different levels, like I'm always looking for the subtext or whatever. There's like a way to watch Mad Men now. I feel like right. that I'm Well everything
1: go- is cryptic. Why are they wearing red? Why yeah. is everyone wearing blue? It's very No, yeah, exactly. And I agree and the thing that I'm the, I'm the same way as you. However, I got really bored during the Betty thing. I don't care that she went into the I guess ghetto of yeah, New York. Was, I don't know where it was. It was And difficult. made them blush. That and, uh, yeah. it, it didn't make sense. It did not make sense. But the rest of it, no. I was kind of. I was. I was into it. I was kind of. You know, uh, you're trying to figure out what's going on with Don. And the, the thing that freaks me out about it, though, is that the girl that he is with, that is not his wife, once played Velma on the Scooby-Doo movies.
2: That's correct. And was the. Uh, the girl on Freaks and Geeks.
1: And apparently she was in the r too. But what's more important here is that she was Velma in the Scooby-Doo movie.
2: Yeah. And now she's it, having
1: sex with Don Draper.
2: Right. We just got cool. Cal back in the conversation.
1: As Linda <laughs> Cardellini. I know her.
2: Linda Cardellini. So Cal and Peach last week, this episode is going on and Don uh, uh, Draper has not strayed from his current wife. And that was like a big thing. Like, will he this coming season? Will he go back to being sort of the philanderer, Don, and, and stuff like that. And I didn't recognize her, Michelle. Did you? I did not recognize her. I did.
1: I did. Because I, I kept going, that looks like that woman. But they made her look super old. So, well, not super well did, old, but right. she's, what, 20-something? And now she's suddenly 50? I don't know. Because right. they were Wonderful. talking about yes She really has a kid in college. Whatever. But, but she I know that Cal could and loving this conversation.
2: No, but she could conceivably. So, Cal, they, they had her married to, like, a doctor, like, in his, he looked like he was, like, 50, 51. And they're having a conversation about they have a kid in college and stuff like that. And then at the end, Don, it turns out, is having an affair with her. Oh. And, and and I was like, I did not recognize her, though. And then after the show, I was like, that's the girl from Freaks and Geeks and Thelma from the Scooby-Doo movies. And they have her playing, like, I mean, she could conceivably have a freshman at college, but. I don't know. I Yeah, she uh, she
3: looked good. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, she looked good.
2: I do like that Megan, though. I like Megan. Yeah.
1: I know. She's on a soap opera?
2: She's I on think. a soap opera, yeah. Yeah, she's going to be a big soap she's opera. She's going
1: to be. And she's the mean girl in a soap opera that pulls like pushes people down the stairs? I yeah, admire that I, that. I can admire that part. that
2: part. That I don't buy for a second. Last Last thing for me is, here's what I love, and I wanted to see if you got this, though. And I think it gets forgotten by people who watch Mad Men. The duality... Of Don Draper, like Dick Whitman, has not gone away. It's not like – because it's only – it's been, what, uh, seven or eight years. They're coming into 1968, so it's been seven years on the show. Right. But the series has been on, like you have like six-month breaks and you have like an 18-month break and stuff like that. I feel like people forget all about the the fact that the guy is still Don Draper or uh, Dick Whitman. Like he's still living this double life that could be exposed at any time, and I thought they well last
1: year they kind of overplayed it. Like they kind of went like, "Hey, remember" on the first season, the first well, season finale,
2: to, when he was talking to Megan. Right? Because and but then, I do because they I I think they got away from it towards the end of last season. Like it became all about Don and Megan, and not as much about his past. Like we had just oh she accepts it and we're past it and she's going to keep his secret, but she doesn't even really know the whole secret. And I feel like this first episode was like a reminder, like, hey, like with the guy that he married and they switched lighters and stuff like that and, uh, you know, switch the Zippos and stuff. I I thought it was great. I dug that. I would like that they bring back that. You have to keep that in the back of your mind. He's Dick Whitman. I
1: think Dick that's Whit- going to be the, the huge finale when it's still the end of the whole show. That's what's going to happen is. is he's going to be completely found out.
2: Here's what I think we should ask. We should ask Cal and PJ, who have never watched the show,
3: how do they think it's <laughs> planned? Yes.
2: Cal, how do you think Mad Men ends? They have one more season left after this one. What happens? Uh, so
3: that'll be, what, 1969?
2: He said he's going to end the show by 1970, yes. All
3: right,
2: well, um,
3: I think it's going to end at the Mets ticker tape parade. You do, and I knew you were going to say that,
2: and they mention the Mets all the time, by the I, way. I think that's where it's going to end. The Mets have been – you you've noticed that, Michelle, right? The Mets have been a running theme. Yes, on the show for uh, since 62, since they came into existence. In fact, the character that killed himself, Lane, <laughs> had a Mets pennant in his office on the wall. He was British, but he adopted the Mets. That was the way he was trying to Americanize himself. And he's hanging right next to the Mets pennant. Only the Mets. He's <laughs> only the
0: Mets. It was a, yeah, exactly.
2: a total LOL Mets moment. <laughs> He hung himself on the back of his office door. And when it swings closed and they find him, you see the Mets
0: pennant right
2: by yeah. his head.
0: I said, oh,
2: only the Mets. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Mets have been a running theme on the show. Peach, how does it end?
0: It ends. Don Draper finds love, real love, <laughs> and, uh, he's completely exposed and his love is killed in the final episode as the moon landing is on the television. And Not bad. Black. And, Take and, it to the bank.
2: And for some reason, though, although for the entirety of the show, they've used great time-appropriate soundtrack music, Iris will be playing at that point.
1: <laughs> I love it. Perfect.
0: Because so it's all a memory.
2: That's it. It's, it's For some reason, even though he has used time-period-appropriate music... Very carefully, I might add.
1: <laughs> and then there will be a montage yeah.
0: That's
2: right.
1: of emotional moments of the entire series flashbacking in our faces. That's right. And we will remember. And I don't and we will want cry.
2: the world to <laughs> right. I like it. The Goo <laughs> Dolls Iris will be playing.
1: It's perfect. It's perfect. Yep. Oh, a complete sidebar. Let me tell you about... Okay, I have a 16-year-old nephew. Let me tell you what my 16-year-old nephew said today, and you tell me if it sounds like my father, who... You guys don't know him, but my father's a sicko. And he calls me a sicko, but it doesn't matter. So, anyway.
2: I, I, I know him a little.
1: He No, no, you do.
2: <laughs> oh, you, right. PJ and Cal, yeah, not so much.
1: My 16-year-old nephew, we're talking about the Dodgers game and the, you know, charging the mound and blah, blah, blah. which he yeah. doesn't really follow, you know. But, and then he said the Dodgers, and he went to the Dodgers, to the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he said, he met and he said, in 1969, I said, yes, the Mets, they won. He goes, yeah, the World Series in 1969. My 16-year-old nephew looks at me, gives me this face, and says, the sexiest year. 69. Wow, Is that
0: wow
2: right? Wow. That's time for a sit-down. <laughs> I mean, obviously, look, he's 16. I'm yeah, sure. well, he he's pro- not
1: 16 yet. He'll kill me. He's 16. Um, I'm so saying- until he makes 16, come on.
2: He probably knows more about all that stuff than we do now.
1: My sister was traumatized. It was great. <laughs> His sister was
2: scandalized and traumatized. That's it magnificent.
1: was great.
2: That's awesome. He's a good kid though, that kid.
1: He is a good kid.
2: But that's fantastic. The
3: sexy year is great.
1: <laughs> the sexy year. I was just amazed he knew the sixty nine one. I was like, Wow, he's <laughs> my dad is teaching him. He's learning.
3: Right.
2: His grandfather was proud at that point. It was just he was right. he was pleased with that one. He didn't he he threw away the sexual entendre thing. He didn't even care about that.
1: No, he would care. He would love that. But it's too
2: yeah, <laughs> cool. He was
1: somewhere else and he shuddered. He's like, I feel so proud for no reason. I don't know why. And it's because of that.
2: That's awesome. Michelle, you can you can segue us into the big unload. Okay. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you how you can do it.
1: Yes, yes. please do. There we
2: go. You mentioned your your father, Bobby Ben, who we love. My cousin, he's older, Cal. He's like an uncle, but he's a cousin. Sure, because because my, my father's uh, father was one of like 37. So, I think only 26 survived. <laughs> um, my great-grandmother was like a Pez dispenser, apparently. Um, yeah, they lived in a shoe, Cal, in Brooklyn. They it came they out, like- of <laughs> out of
3: her mouth? Out of her neck?
1: Out of her neck.
2: Cal, oh, she was from the old country in Italy. You oh, can't. Sure. Um, is a huge Islanders fan. Huge. Mom, he's the one who gave sent the programs up with Michelle. I remember that. Right. So, Michelle, you grew up an Islanders fan in Nashville, correct?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: And how big of an Islanders fan are you?
1: Am I? Yes. Uh, they play with a puck, and is. they hit it with six. You are welcome.
2: He did the right thing, my <laughs> – your father <laughs> – well, well, I hope I, I, I do. The reason I wanted you to segue us into that is because I hope he is listening. Because finally, the dream is about to come true. After three years of doing this show, we can actually talk about the islanders in the big unload and not have it be about them moving to another city.
1: Yeah. Or crying about them, or yeah, you know. that's
2: right. We 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 wouldn't even spend the time to cry about what was going on on the ice. The only time we've ever had them in the big unload in three years is when the uh, arena referendum came up in Nassau County and it was shot down uh, like a dying quail. So we're about to do it, but before we do, I want to say thank you for calling, Cuz.
1: You're welcome. You're fun.
2: All right, y'all, Y'all. Uh, see, mine goes right to Texas. No, effect. you
1: can't. You got to go, oh, my God, okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> That's how they talk. All
2: the time. Can you say, can you, all
1: give, me, the time.
2: Can you give me a little let's go Islanders with that? <laughs> okay,
1: don't we, don't we, don't go, let's go Islanders, let's do it. You let's can do it, Islanders, with the pack. There.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love you, guys. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Love you, guys. Bye. Bye.
2: Oh, how funny. There it is, Cal. Boy, I know we're only getting to the big unload 40 minutes into the program, but...
3: Hey, it's always nice to hear from her.
2: I wanted to do that because we, she and I have been busting to talk about Mad Men, and we figured we'd do it on the program. Perfect. You, plus, you had a little time there to, to think about uh, how you're going to handle Dance Dad tomorrow. You need yeah. a better name, I've decided, by the way. We need a better name for the program.
3: Than Dance Dad? Yes. Hmm.
2: So just let PJ ruminate on that while we talk about the Islanders. Show pops.
3: <laughs> right. That's pretty good. That's yeah. gonna look good on a T-shirt. Dads and
2: divas. That now been done. We got. We need to think outside the box here. How has that been
3: done? Just Long dads Island, and...
0: Long Island leering.
3: <laughs> Long Island lecher, lechery. <laughs> <laughs> Well that would imply that we all do that.
2: Right, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to throw that out. PJ, you're on the right track. I want you to work on it. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Islanders. It's time. Uh tomorrow night the New York Islanders will play the New York Rangers in Nassau Coliseum. And Cal, we you know we we built it up a ton, but I want to talk about the actual game. I want to talk about how uh, the Islanders are playing right now. If you want to call in and talk about this game too, if you're listening, four two four two two zero one eight one seven is the number to call. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a Ranger fan, Islander fan, it doesn't matter because this is one of the great rivalries in professional sports. We uh, that has been dormant for some time, and it's back, and I'm just ecstatic about it. But one of the big reasons is that the the islanders are playing such good hockey right now, Cal. we've been watching this team for a long time. There's never been a break through all the rebuilding. They haven't won a playoff series in twenty years they have uh you know they they uh, haven't been in the playoffs in six years. they've been a joke of a franchise, et cetera, et cetera. We never look at them that way as bad as th- as things get. we're still islander fans and we remain islander fans. So to see them playing this well, the last, uh, I think they're 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. They've gotten points in nine of their last 10 games. You're starting to see the rebuild really come together. They're rolling four lines. Jack Capuano has raised his game as the coach. I still don't think he's the coach of the future of this team when they're really, really good. But he has raised his game. He is mixing his lines. He is uh, trying to get different line combinations out there to get better matchups. He's pushed the right buttons as far as scratches and healthy scratches and getting guys on the third and fourth line. He's riding a hot goaltender. I mean, obviously, Aveni Nabokov has been fantastic. Um, there are so many good things going on with this team. So as they go into this game tomorrow night, uh, uh, off a huge, great, gritty, old-fashioned You know, win uh, last night against the Boston Bruins in Boston. There's so much on the line. Do you... So let me come at it two ways, T. Bry. Are they ready for this game? Are they ready for this game? This is as close to a playoff game that these kids have played. Are they
3: ready? Yeah, I think they're ready. Um for a couple of reasons. Number one, the way they've been playing. They've been playing what are essentially playoff games for the last two weeks. They've been, I mean, it's such a dogfight for those last couple of playoff spots in the Eastern Conference that these, you know, we said it, I I said this to you earlier in the week, they, they don't have a margin as great as they've been eight, one, one in the last, in their last 10, they don't have a margin for error.
2: No, they still don't.
3: Right. You know, if they, if they lose tomorrow, they're going to be in eighth place, and they're only going to be two points ahead of the team behind them. So it, there's no margin for error. So they're on point. They're sharp. They're playing great hockey. Um, so I think they're ready for it from that perspective. The second piece of it is that he talked about the coach, Jack Capuano. He's got them focused. When you watch them after a game and they win, and, and last night was, was arguably one of the, one of their best wins of the season in Boston, going into – going up into Boston and beating a team that had played three games in four days but is still an Eastern Conference powerhouse and just a, and is a better team than the Islanders. The Islanders played better than the Bruins last night and they won. And you watched them on the bench and they celebrated, they pumped their fists, they high-fived, they skated off the ice and that was it. And then you heard them after the game and the media was trying to get them to buy into the hype of the Islander Ranger game and it's going to be this huge game on Saturday. And you're not going to believe what the atmosphere is like. And they and they remained calm, and they said all the right things. And the coach said the right things. It's just another game to us. He understands that it's a big game, but it's a big game because of the playoff implications, and that's what he's going to emphasize to his team. He's not going to emphasize that it's a big game because it's an Islander Ranger game. So I think they're ready for this game, and I and I I just. The fact that the Nassau Coliseum is sold out tomorrow, and tickets are going on the secondary market for two hundred and fifty dollars a pair. Nassau Coliseum, which, yeah, which gets seven thousand people a game, and it just—it's just a a really nice callback to the to the '80s and and the early '90s when when they used to pack that place and the building used to just rock. It's it's when when that place is loud. It's one of the best places in the NHL to watch a hockey game. And I I just think the atmosphere is going to be electric. I think these kids are ready because they've essentially been playing together for the last four years for this moment and for what's going on right now. You look at that team, the core of that team is the same group of kids that have been playing together every year. And a lot of them played for Jack Capuano in Bridgeport and came up with him. So it's really a tight-knit Homegrown group of kids that have developed into a team that's on the verge of really becoming something good, and I think they're ready for it.
2: I I totally agree. I also feel though that we've talked about this team on the ice all season because you and I have watched.
0: Uh,
2: uh, I've watched a lot of games this year, a lot of games. Um, I always do, but I I was holding out hope that this team would be a competitive, uh, would compete for an eighth spot. I mean, we talked about it before the lockout, and I said, you know what, enough. I'm always a little maybe overly optimistic, but I said, you know, enough of this idea of like, oh, they're a year away, they're two years away, they're in year five of the rebuild. And the specter of moving was lifted before this season with the the announcement that they would move to Brooklyn, so at least they would be staying in New York. And in this offseason, before the lockout, Cal, they locked up all these young guys. They extended Tavares. They extended Bailey. They extended, or they haven't extended Bailey yet, but they they extended Grabner. They extended Molson.
1: They,
2: so they were clearly building for this. I thought they needed to compete at least for an eighth spot this year. And we've been watching them all year, and we've had several off the air off the podcast discussions about the team and things that Jack I mean there were times when we've called for Jack Capuano's head uh but I think the 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 point here is Jack Capuano raising his game how many the third period thing gets a little overblown I think it has this year because it was such a a bugaboo last year for them that it really, when it happened in those like, I think it was like in maybe like five or six games, or like a span of ten games, it happened a couple of times, and it was like, oh, they can't, they can't play in the third period, they can't play in the third period again. I mean, even we were saying it.
3: Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you a number of how overblown it is. They're thirteen two and two when leading going into the third period. When then you go into the third, exactly. They've only lost two games in regulation, right. leading the third period.
2: But they happen to come like within those oh, two yeah, with games league, and those two ties. Two came within like t- a 10-game span. So it was like yeah. four times in 10 games, so everybody thought we were back to this. But he's, you know, no training camp, okay, limited time. visnovsky, who's playing huge minutes, obviously, and playing extraordinarily well, um, you know, didn't meet with the team until about 12 games in or 14 games in. So you've had little training camp and stuff like that. They, they brought these guys together Um, And it's taken time. But the the confidence they're playing with in the third period is a huge difference. But again, Capuano raising his game, mixing the lines, getting better matchups. How many times did we scream about the idea that they would be at home, and they were a terrible home team until recently, um, and, and he still couldn't get a matchup on the ice that he wanted? And you still had the Tavares line going up against the top checking line from the other team, and you're home and you have the last change. And we would go crazy about that. He's done some things differently. He's mixed up his mind. He, you know, Cal, it doesn't – the other night I said it, and it was uh, a shining moment. It wasn't in the uh, – the Bruins game It was in the uh, the game before that, the uh, The 4-1 win against the, the Flyers. Flyers. And at one point he had um, Bailey, Oposo, And Tavares on a line on a shift, just for one shift in the third period. And they generated two really good scoring chances. And you had three, what was it, three first round picks in a row? Because it was Bailey, Ox, or where does it go? Ox, Bailey, and maybe JT?
3: It was Oposo, Bailey, and Tavares.
2: And Tavares. So you had their three first round picks in a row. Uh, on a line, finally playing together and being productive. And, you know, I said to my uh, my brother, who's a you know huge Islander fan, I said, somewhere Gar Snow was smiling. He said, forget about Gar Snow. He's like, I was grinning ear to ear for two reasons. One, these kids uh, are are finally – and, you know, Josh Bailey's all, what, 22 years old? You know, he, it feels like he's been here forever. The kid's only 22, 23. is only 22, 23. Tavares is only 21. Yet it feels like these kids have been here a long time. But the idea, Cal, that he mixed it up—you don't have to do it for the whole game. It's almost like somebody, you know, explained this to him. <laughs> like somebody explained to him, like, "Hey, you know what? If you throw Ox out there, a poso out there for, you know, if you double shift him and maybe throw them out there for a shift with a coin and McDonald, doesn't mean you have to do it for the rest of the season." Right. You can just mix and match a little bit in-game to get matchups based on who you're playing. So there, he's, he's doing that, and it, it's just been fun. We, oh, yeah. we talked about it last week, how much we want playoff hockey for the Islanders and how much we want to see it. But the way this team has been playing the last two weeks, as you alluded to, it's been playoff hockey. Like, I'm DVRing the games. I'm, I'm in it. Tomorrow night is a playoff game. Which brings me to tomorrow night. I've said this to you before on the radio program that we do hear the little sports talk nice. That uh, team, and I, I, if somebody would like to call in and talk about the Rangers, and, and we would love to. We would love the hockey talk. If you're a Ranger fan, please. You know, I'm thinking of our, our buddy Andrew Mark, who's a big Ranger fan. I, we know a lot of them. Uh, but I hate that. <laughs> Well, give them the number. I if do. you want to yeah, call. Let me give the number again. Look at you, old school radio. Listen. It's like the morning zoo here.
3: Siddeley. Like,
2: <laughs> wagga, wagga, wagga. Yeah, I wagga,
3: I wagga. I want people to call in if they're listening about uh,
2: four, this. 4242201817. Or Strawberry Hernandez. Or, what do you want to go? Eddie Westball. Uh, 17. Seventeen's tough.
3: Well, Matt Martin is
2: 17. Maddie Martin. Now. All right, we'll go Mattie Martin. Eddie Westfall, Maddie Marks. There you go. Um, but I, I, I hate that team. Oh, well, I don't care for them. Well, here's here. I'm
3: glad you brought that up.
2: It's the sweater, Cal. I see that sweater. I can't even watch.
3: I flipped the other day to watch to check their score. And even the sight of the sweater makes me angry. See, now that's extremely interesting because over time, because the rivalry has not been what it once was, mm-hmm. my feelings have diminished. Towards the Rangers. Okay. And there's a part of me, and, and I got to tell you, last year in the playoffs, I'm the
2: exact opposite.
3: They were a likable
2: team. Oh, I, oh, there's the play- nothing ever likable about that team.
3: The 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 one thing that kind of keeps the hate fire burning in me with that team was well, two things. Number one is John Tortorella.
2: It's easy to hate.
3: I mean, and and I've talked to many a Ranger fan. That hates him, too. Not a fan. They do not like him. <laughs>
2: they don't cancel.
3: And number two is when you watch the broadcasts on TV and you catch the pro- the postgame show. When you yeah. watch the Islander game, they go to the they, they kick it back to the studio. And in the postgame show, you've got Ron Duguay looking like <laughs> Richie Sambora. <laughs> Ron Duguay is awesome, though. See, right. that I love. See, I, I can't deal with Ron Duguay. Because I that harkens back to me. That, that takes yeah, me okay. back to...
2: To that to that time where I really hated them and the rivalry was so strong. Yes, I
3: can't I can't watch him. I I can't t- I cannot. I love it. Take more than three seconds of Dave Maloney.
2: Ronnie Duguay, Cal. He didn't wear a helmet. You know why? Well,
3: oh, because he didn't want to mess up the hair.
2: Obviously, yeah, because he liked the feel. He actually said this because he liked the feeling of the wind through his hair when he was skating. Right now, how do you not make fun of a guy like that? He's playing hockey.
3: Good hockey player though.
2: Nah, he's a good hockey player,
3: but uh, but I, I just over over time that that feeling that is
2: has, all right. That has helped you keep the fire burning.
3: That that's helped right now, and and what I hope for is that I I get that back. I want to hate the Rangers again.
2: Well, it's I got I got great news for you. It's coming. <laughs> I mean, it's super easy uh, to hate this group. Uh, well, oh, it is. I'm sorry, Derek's. I, I just I don't hagling, uh, ugh. Ha- but I'm in, but I'm enjoying it. I the Brian Boyle and that. Oh yeah, mustache. no, it's, it's okay. Look,
3: look, it's all good natured. You don't you don't really hate the no, Rangers no. or their fans, except when they're rocking the ambulance. But here's here's the here's the great one. You ready?
2: I so in the other sports, Yankees, Giants. It is the fans more than the players, and the sweaters that I dislike—or not sweaters, jerseys. In hockey, players—it's the players and the jersey and the sweater. Um, it, I, I Ranger fans, I I don't like them, but I I they are not nearly like Yankee fans or Giant fans to me. Much easier to have a hockey conversation with a Ranger fan.
3: To yeah. me. Well, you know what? I think that you're going to find that that changes too as the Islanders get better. Yeah. No, absolutely. But here's here's the
2: thing, and I hate to be like a Yankee fan, but I have to do it with the Islanders is that because it's in my memory. I watched it. It's like when the Ranger fan gives me crap about being an Islander fan, all I say is, yes, we have been bad for a long time, but... I at least got to witness one of the greatest teams in professional sports. Who hold who hold a record in all of professional sports that will probably never be broken. And that is they won 19 straight playoff series. 19 straight playoff series. So and and you know what I got most Ranger fans go eh, I can't especially the young ones. The young Ranger fans, what are they gonna say to me? I watched it. Oh, what were you seven? I was like, yep. And I can I can tell you every game because I watched every game. What, what were you nine when they won? Yep, I sure was. I watched every game. I had Billy Smith jerseys. I had autographs. I went to game. I yes. Did I enjoy them like I would if I was twenty five? No, of course not. But I enjoyed them. I was there. I can tell you about listening on my clock radio to when Ken Morrow beat Glenn Hanlon in overtime. I was supposed to be in bed. I got sent to bed. Imagine sent to bed. Overtime. Islanders-Rangers. Playoffs. Game five.
3: Well, why were you sent to bed?
2: It was a bedtime back then, Cal. I was 10. Oh. All right. You know? And I so I, I put it on the clock radio. On the AM dial. And I would jumping around in my bed when Morrow scored. So, uh, the, you know, the, that that brings me back to the rivalry. Yeah. It's such a great rivalry. It's a tremendous rivalry. Anytime I'm asked by somebody from, not that it happens a lot,
1: anytime I'm asked
2: by somebody from, like, Texas or whatever, or I'm told about, like, U T versus A and M or something and, and those are great rivalries. College rivalries especially are fantastic. They're unbelievable rivalries. Or even Yankees Red Sox, Cal, in its heyday. You know, in its recent heyday is an incredible rivalry, hundred years old. I uh, if the Islanders can get good again, it's the best rivalry in New York. It's
3: best by far and away. Well I agree. And I th- and I think tomorrow night you'll see you're gonna see glimpses of that, and you're gonna you're gonna see what it what it is like when both teams are good and both teams are desperate. Yep, because the two teams are seven and eight right now in the Eastern Conference, and neither team is is assured of anything. Yep, at this point, as well as the Islanders have been playing. And as good as the Rangers have been playing, neither team is assured of anything, and and they're going to leave it all out there tomorrow night. And it's gonna, I'm just so excited because like we so we talked about, it, it's been so long since we something of this magnitude has happened with the Islanders.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and obviously hockey is different now too, right? I mean, hockey's. A, I was watching uh today you know on uh, the Islanders uh website on nhl.com but the Islanders TV they have I sent you the link they have you can watch games in their entirety they have like the 1982 you know uh cup finals with Billy Smith uh, shut out or whatever then you can watch uh classic games in their entirety it's such a different game i mean it's it's an entirely different game and that's that's any sport i mean you go back and watch the you know 86 I told you I went back and watched that '86 Jets Dolphins game, the 51-45 overtime
3: game. Oh boy!
2: And it looks like it looks like a high school game, just because it, of the size.
3: Well, everything everything has evolved right. over the last 20 years. Sports, you know, athletes, everything has yeah. gotten bigger and faster.
2: But I was trying to explain this to somebody today, one of the guys who's a big basketball fan, who's not at the office, who's not super into hockey. And I'm trying to explain what this, because me and, you know, the Islander fans and the Ranger fans were going at it today in the office, like, big time. It was great. And I was playing Fanfare for the Common Man, you know, the ELP version, which we've talked about, which gets me pumped up for the Islanders. And I was trying to explain to these guys that part of it is the nature of hockey as a sport, the reason that the rivalry is so great. Because, A, you can fight. Like, like there's no other sport where you can have a rivalry and you can ha- actually have the players fight on the ice while you're watching. Unless it's boxing, <laughs> you know? Like, you, you the players actually fight. So... The nature of hockey makes the rivalry so intense because it's such a physical, tight, you know, fast game, and the players can actually fight each other. You
3: and know,
0: like,
2: it, right, like you said, oh, the Yankees, Red Sox, well, they're getting a brawl occasionally.
3: Yeah, but it's not part of the game. Right. It's not like the game stops and everybody just stands around in a circle <laughs> right. and watches the two of them going right. at it. And there's, and, and, uh,
2: you know that that Yankees Red Sox brawl where Pedro threw down Don Zimmer and stuff like that um, is still legendary. Don't get me wrong, and and the bad blood is definitely there in baseball. Well, we can talk about Greinke and Carlos Quentin, which my cousin was alluding to because I have a lot to say about that.
3: Which breaking news? Quentin got suspended for eight games. Eight, right? Yeah. So there were there were calls for him to get
2: suspended as long as Greinke was out.
3: Yeah, I heard that. I mean,
2: come on, um, but. That's why, that's one of the reasons that hockey, because of its physicality, lends itself to being such a great rivalry and, and, and being so intense and having so much, you know, flow between. So,
3: well, and, and also I think that the fans, hockey fans add to that rivalry because they just create such an atmosphere of, of, of intensity. Yeah. You and know, they're, they're, you know the, the diehard
2: hockey fan, we're not in Canada. You know, we're we're American. Wow, newsflash. Way to way to break news here on the podcast. Um but we we grew up huge hockey fans because we were lucky enough to have one of the dominant teams of all time in the sport uh play ten minutes, you know, twenty minutes from where we grew up. Um That certainly helps. So we became diehard hockey fans for that reason. And, of course, Ranger fans have been diehard. I mean, they're one of the original six. They've been diehard hockey fans for a long time. So we're not even in Canada, and we're, you know, the the way we are. The hockey fan does create an incredible environment because they are diehard. They tend to be – they're not fair-weather fans, which has, by the way, driven me
3: crazy the last two weeks. What – all of a sudden, now everybody's talking about the Islanders? Well, it's, it's... Or hockey? No, it's not. I love the talk about
2: hockey. It's the on the local stations here for sports talk.
0: You have a
2: situation where you're getting all these callers. Oh, I've been, a, I've been an Islander. I'm a diehard Islander fan. I've been an Islander fan since their glory days. And then they... Talk about this current team, and it's clear they just started watching two weeks ago. Probably for the first time in three or four years. Maybe five or six years. Like, maybe since Yashin and Pekka, or, you know, since Scatcherd and that team made a run or whatever. Uh, Because they know nothing about the team right now. Like, they, you know, oh, that Viznowski, that was a good pickup. It was a trade. A trade actually, they traded a second-round pick for him. <laughs> it wasn't a waiver wire pickup to meet the salary cap for. Oh, once they once they cut DiPietro, well they didn't cut DiPietro, See, they sent him down to Bridgeport. Oh, it's the most ridiculous contract ever. He's got like ten years left on that. I can't believe it's not that ridiculous of a contract if he hadn't gotten hurt. Everybody does it now. I mean, was it was it a lot at the time? Yes. But it wouldn't have been a ridiculous contract if he hadn't gotten her. I mean, just they don't they don't know anything about about the team. If I if I if I heard him if I heard him referred to as Nabokov one more time today, no, he's not the Russian. No, he's not. He's not the Russian author.
3: He wasn't in the Billy Joel song. It's,
2: he's not, Or the or the police song. It's not him. Or and don't stand so close to me. That's not the guy. Different guy. Um, it, that's just frustrating to me. You know, if you're gonna do that, Bry, just give me. I'm a. I was a diehard Islander fan, but I gotta be honest. I haven't watched them in a long time, and now it's great to watch them again.
3: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
2: There's nothing wrong with that.
3: No, no shame.
2: You know, there's nothing wrong with that.
3: Uh, you're going
2: to lose a little couple of points of cred for sort of jumping back on the bandwagon. But with what this team has been through, they haven't won a playoff series in 20 years. They haven't been to the playoffs in six years. They've only been in the playoffs, what, like four times in the last 20 years. The ownership, the arena, the thing, you know, there's no shame in jumping off. We could be considered the idiots who still watch this team through all of that. (laughs) you know through the fish fish stick jerseys and you know we could we could be the jerks who did that anyway you had probably so last thing and then um you had probably my favorite line though so far about this about it just being sold out tomorrow night and stuff like that <laughs> I hope all those Nassau County residents who uh voted against having a new arena and who voted down the lighthouse project and voted. You know what? I, I'm i not even going to kill them on the referendum, Cal, and voting down the referendum. I'll, I'll just kill them on voting Kate Murray into office or, you know, uh, Mangano into office all these times. You know, politicians in Nassau County who are completely ineffectual of, in getting any sort of change or moving that project forward and right. are the reason that that building will be vacant in, Two years, maybe less. I
3: hope you're happy. Good job. Yeah, It's fun. It's fun. What's going on at the Coliseum, right?
2: Yeah. it's gonna be a great time there tomorrow night. It's gonna know? be even.
3: It's gonna be even better when you tear it down and rebuild a smaller Coliseum, and attract like Big Time Rush for the kids. <laughs> that would be good.
2: And Journey's coming in for five dates. Sure. <laughs> Right with Foreigner and Thirty Eight Special. Good good job. That'll bring her a lot of revenue to the county.
3: Yeah, that's fun. Good.
2: I hope I I too hope Kate Murray is there tomorrow.
3: They put her face on the scoreboard. Well listen, I mean, when you think about it from, from a political standpoint, why wouldn't she be there? This is the biggest game at this at this arena in years. You'd think she'd want to be there.
2: Yep. Yep. Might be the last big one too.
3: The New York Islanders, welcome Hempstead Town Supervisor Kate Murray. <laughs> And she's under the under her chair. <laughs> right. Like she's looking to run. Even the Ranger
2: fans will be booing that
3: well, one. Well, everybody will get on that woman's case.
2: Yes. Well, anyway, I'm going to enjoy it tomorrow night. I hope you do as well. I'll probably be DVRing and, you know, maybe picking it up at about 8, 830. So mm-hmm. I will uh, – because I do have to save the full live watches for the playoffs. Yeah. That's still – regular season is a tough sell for me.
3: You know what, though? Dedicate about seven hours. To dance And you can get away with it That's
2: right <laughs> I'm lucky this
3: I tell you If it was an afternoon game I'd have no shot
2: That's the key
3: All that, all this big talk Would mean nothing Yeah right. if it, was if it, was a, three... it was a 1 o'clock start Forget about it
2: <laughs> This was a 3 p.m. matinee You'd be uh... I'd have
3: to I'd have to DVR it And pretend it started At 7 o'clock
2: You'd be knee deep Watching some girl dance to. I've been looking around
3: <laughs> What is that song By the way uh, that's Kings of Leon. Somebody. Ugh. Oh. Right. The guy, uh, uh I
2: in my office. I don't really have an office mate. The guy who has a desk next to me, really good guy that I work with, uh, has Pandora going, and usually like he'll take Pandora for the day because I usually have an earpiece in and I'm listening to FAN or something. And he plays you know fine music, but for some reason on his Pandora station that song has come up 814 times. In the in the last week. <laughs> and I just, I can't. I can't have that song again. I can't.
3: That's a glitch in Pandora where, like, if you like Kings of Leon, then you might like Kings of Leon. Some and more. Just, and they just keep playing it. while you really like them. We're going to keep playing it. <laughs> I've been looking around. I came into work
2: singing it the other day. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you're stupid Pandora. It's in my head somebody it sounds like uh well, what's that guy's name oh shoot sounds like a 90s like a the meatloaf no that's not bad though <laughs> no it was a mark what's that mark cohen maybe oh right walking in memphis walking in memphis yeah a little bit it get it has a walking in memphis vibe to me
3: kings of leon that's kings of leon really yeah yeah and they're 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 typically pretty good I thought that was I thought they were
2: hipper than that song. That song sounds very Bruce Hornsby and the Rangey to me.
3: No, no, no. That song was good when it first came out, and then they played it a million and three times. Right, and that that million third. Yeah, once once it hit like you know six hundred k. Right, it gets a little old. Uh,
2: so again, if you're listening, you want to call in, talk about anything, talk about Mark Cohen walking to
3: Memphis. I think okay. it's Mark Cohen,
2: Mark Cohen. I think you're right.
3: <laughs> Like Mark Cohen? That reminds and then I got to just tell the story of when David Cohn used to pitch for the Mets. Right, the Cohnheads. And he, well, he used to, Jay Horowitz always tells the story that they used to get a lot of Jewish groups that want him to come speak. And right. like David, he had to respectfully decline and say, well, I'm, you know, it's Cohn. Right. Like the ice cream.
2: He's like this blonde haired, blue eyed, Aryan,
3: <laughs> waspy, right. you know, ridiculous guy. Like, thank you, but that's, you know.
2: Thank you. That's, that's not me. Let me, it's funny you bring up David Cohn. Let me ask you a quick question. Okay? You know what I'm going to ask here.
3: I, you're getting very serious. What happens if the whole
2: David Cohn masturbating in the bullpen thing
3: happens now?
2: Happens now.
3: Let's just take
2: a second. Let that sink in.
3: <laughs> what? With, with Twitter. Oh. <laughs> I, PJ might not know the story with Twitter and you know
2: uh iPhone cameras and what happens.
3: I think it's fair to say he would never be the same pitcher again.
2: I think it's fair to say he wouldn't be working for Yes as a broadcaster.
3: Yeah, maybe. Maybe you you can you can overcome a lot of stuff, Cal. Well, no, because you in in your Theory, he would be a 28 year old pitcher today, right now. So he would be like a like a James Shields, sure. You know something. You know someone of that. You know Gio Gonzalez, someone of that stature. That's been in in the league in New York. In New York, right, right. And then he's going to (laughs) masturbate in the bullpen. In in what in. In Philadelphia, of all places. Right. This is not tucked away in Kansas City somewhere. This is in Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't think he'd recover from that. Cal, do you want to uh,
2: tell Page what's happening before his head explodes? Because all he knows right now is that supposedly a baseball player masturbated in the bullpen.
3: I think that we should keep going with him knowing just that. That's it. Let's just keep it there. And let his mind... I'm so
0: uncomfortable. Right
2: now, <laughs> that may be the first uh, usage of masturbate. By the way, on the uh, on the program,
0: I'm glad it wasn't me. Hundred and thirty,
2: and 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 there was huge money on it for for it to be you, Peach. Huge
3: money. Vegas
2: <laughs> Vegas wasn't even taking that action on,
3: on on you being the first one to use that word. So this is a bit of a shocker, a bit of an upset. PJ, you think you're uncomfortable now? Wait, wait, because coming up next is a nine-year-old performance of "Like a Virgin" <laughs> on dance pop, pop, pop-a-dance, complete with someone hanging from a cross.
2: I've <laughs> Which I thought was a little over the top. I can take the bustier on the on the nine-year-old. That's fine.
3: I don't think that nun is supposed to look like that. <laughs> I, can,
2: I can take the 10-year-old ripping off the nun habit for oh, <laughs> costume. But I sought the cross a little much. Please bring back Shake It Up.
3: <laughs> Anybody want to dance to Twist and Shout here, maybe?
0: <laughs> I like where this show is gone tonight. <laughs>
2: hey, it's Friday night, pal.
3: All bets are off. It's RTU After Dark, my friend. Um, Everything's optional at this point.
2: Yeah, no, that was a that was a David Cohn story from back at what was that like eighty nine or something like that? Count ninety
3: uh, one.
2: Oh, was that late? It was yeah. before
3: they traded him. It was yeah, ninety one. And then he went out. He actually went out and, and pitched a seventeen strikeout <laughs> game. <laughs> right, the last game that night, that's with, right. with the police waiting to speak to him. That's that's right. the postscript of the story. That's right. The cops were waiting to talk to him after the game. Yes. About
2: indecent in. indecent exposure, and he did knew he get, that he
3: did. He get a ticket or a misdemeanor or something.
2: I think he did. I think he was cited for indecent exposure.
0: Must have been. Oh, oh I thought it. he
2: was. Uh, something to
0: relax before a game, I guess.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was at hey, a time. It was at a time when the both the Mets and Phillies were were awful. Yeah.
0: Hey,
2: Wade Boggs used Wade Boggs used to eat chicken every game day. You know, certain guys like uh, certain pairs of socks.
0: I like to drink a tonic before a show.
2: Everybody's got their superstitions.
0: Eh, maybe that was
2: David Cohn. He could have maybe done it a couple minutes earlier, maybe in the
0: clubhouse. Maybe <laughs> indoors, maybe? maybe? Maybe indoors. Maybe
2: bullpens really got him uh, fired up, worked up. Maybe bull, maybe his, maybe his turn-ons are bullpens. Hey, I have a question. Speaking of turn-ons. Oh, he struck out 19 guys. Right? 19 guys, yes. Uh, speaking of turn-ons, somebody made the uh recently made the joke uh i uh i it was like a new guy at work or something and he said i i enjoy long walks on the beach and blah blah blah, blah and that was you know and moon uh, candlelit dinners and stuff so i wrote back to him i said how come nobody likes short walks on the beach how come that's never a turn on <laughs> and, and to his credit this new guy at work wrote and i was like welcome aboard by the way you know and to his credit, he wrote back, he says, Well, there's so much to see. <laughs> That's why everybody likes long walks on the beach. <laughs> I said, Well, I'm, I prefer saucy jaunts on the beach lasting no longer than 16 minutes. <laughs> but then you know, turn ons, long walks on the beach.
0: Well, maybe I just like to go out there for like five minutes. I and like go- sprints and shorts like in Rocky III <laughs> <Free> on <laughs> like the beach. Rocky." <laughs>
2: I like to I like to sprint against Apollo Creed on the beach. And then hug in the in the most awkward homoerotic moment of any film ever. Right. Yeah, well that's that's well that's well talked about. That's well covered ground. The Apollo Rocky hug in the water. Uh after Rocky beats him on the sprint. Yeah, not uh boy. Tough to sell straight there. <laughs> straight to tough sell. You big uh, Mark Cohn fan there, PJ?
0: I know the one song, and I know that he was uh, badly mugged or something once.
2: Oh, no. And (laughs) the Mark Cohn story gets trashed. And
0: recovered. He recovered well from it.
2: When Behind the Music returns.
0: (laughs) Mark Cohn gets beat up in an alley.
2: Mark Cohn gets beat up walking in Memphis. (laughs)
0: I took that King Kings of Leon song uh, when uh, Danny was little, and I turned it into a Sesame Street song. Nice, because it was always it was always on in the car.
2: Oh, I can't I can't take that.
0: Oh. Well, do it this way. Just do it. I got the letter A and letter B and letter C. It, it, it just re- do the whole alphabet with it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're a glasses half full kind of guy, Peach.
0: I got the D and the E and the F. and Here comes G. So I want to H somebody. <laughs> right. That's why. <laughs> that's what? what? Wait, what? Good thing you got the H.
3: You were not a couple of letters before that.
0: I planned it.
2: Well done. Um, we're going to talk some more sports for a minute. Or it's 11. We could just go to the fun mode. He was accused no, 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 of rape.
3: No, 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 no. That was the Stark, problem. Uh, what are
0: you doing? That oh, was Rocky! That's sports. Rocky IV was on today.
3: Oh, so good. That was the no. story. He was accused yeah. of rape. Oh. It, oh. Was two, it was two. It was two separate things. He was thought to have masturbated in the Shea Stadium.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I was going to yeah. say
3: that's right. That's right. 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 And then he found out on the morning of the last game of that season. That he was accused of rape.
2: That's right.
3: And general manager Frank Cashin told him, you know, you, you could be arrested at any moment. And he went out to the mound that day. And, he, and this, I'm reading a story from Sports Illustrated from back from that time. Right. And he kept looking around, waiting for the cops to come get him.
2: And he struck out 19.
3: And he struck out 19 guys. Because <laughs> he wanted to get the hell out of there.
2: He
0: didn't <laughs> want anybody to put it in play. Like I bet you know what? We don't have time for this. That's amazing. Changing my whole image of an actor. Yeah, athlete. David
2: David Cohn just took a step up, huh? The other thing is, too, by the way, he was uh completely exonerated of any of those charges, by the way.
3: Yes, he was. Uh it did it did lead to a strain in his marriage. Well, understandable. As one would expect.
2: Not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> He's now what we call divorced.
3: Oh, he might be okay now. I don't know. But... I
2: thought he i thought he was accused of rape with a couple of other guys.
0: No. Wasn't that what, with... What, is it, he part of the Central Park Five now? What are you no,
2: doing? It, no, wasn't that with Daryl Boston and...
3: Uh, it was Dwight Gooden, Daryl Boston, and Vince Coleman. That was a separate rape. That was a separate... Um, that was... Uh, David <laughs> Coleman. Everybody, everybody alleged. Let's just hold up our hands right now. No, no, no. no.
0: all-new S.
3: Here's, the here's where the um Wait for the shark <laughs> Here's where the David Cohn connection comes in. Okay. The, the woman said that she was David Cohn's girlfriend and was then raped by these three gentlemen.
2: Right. And again, exonerated of those charges, were they not?
3: Uh yes. And that was not his girlfriend, as it turned out. Not, not so much. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I, I spoke with her once. I don't, I don't know right. her very well. The,
2: ma- the masturbation in the bullpen, though, I remember being at Shea, and I remember him saying he made a joke. Right, the girl thought he was actually doing it. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: look. Hey, look. <laughs> <It's still laughs> struck
2: tomato,
3: tomato. What, whatever. <laughs> but could you imagine if
2: that happened?
0: gives no meaning to oiling your glove. Hey, oh. Come on, PJ.
2: PJ, you're better than new that. Meaning, you're actually new not meaning. better than that.
3: Well, that's not what we'd expect.
2: How it, How has this music not been played, by the way, as we're talking about this? it's
3: well, 11 o'clock. This is when the music comes on.
2: Tonight on the mound for the New York Mets, David Cohn. <laughs> Guess who's gonna stop by the bullpen tonight? David Cohn comes by.
3: Cohn's worth a fast slider. Down the way. Oh yeah. Next
0: week, David Cohn is a guest judge at the Putnam County (laughs) Dance Competition.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, he's got good stuff. Some would say his stuff is filthy. David Cohn joins us.
3: Watch out for that heater. (laughs) That music, oh boy David (laughs) Cohn David Cohn We got to David Cohn from Mark Cohn Of course we took a turn I don't know what happened tonight Which I love, I'm trying to back into where we were Mark Cohn came from the King of Leon song
0: Letter A, letter B
3: Yeah Well they remade it into you somebody (laughs) Right They took that right from Sesame Street God,
2: such such a ripoff. Hey there, folks. So at this point, we went off on another tangent. We started talking about Carlos Quentin and Zach Grenke. So I'm going to break this off into a part two of episode number 135, also brought to you by Blue Haven NYC. Uh, So enjoy. Part two has a lot of fun stuff, a lot of stuff. We got loose. Uh, So we'll see you. Thanks.